Hey, good to see how you all. You all good, eh? I'm so excited. This sounds a bit weird, right? But you guys know I'm weird. I listen to a lot of Christian worship music all the time, right? I walk the dog every morning for a while and play Christian music, have it playing in the house all the time. But, like, there's something, I don't know, awesome about being with y'all. Do you know what I mean? Like, I was getting really emotional during those songs then, and it's like, I've played those songs, I don't know how many times over summer, and it was cool, but then just being with a bunch of Jesus nerds, it's like extra cool. Do you know what I mean? Does that make sense? Okay, there's a few people giving me judging eyes, so I'll just move on and get into the sermon. Sheesh. I just love the corporate, day. Eh? It's cool. There's a lady, she, you won't know who she is, but in our church, um, who, long story, just getting her second um, vaccination on Monday, which she's all excited about. And we were texting a lot yesterday, and she was just saying how she's just longing to get back to church and just miss that. And she watches church online and all that stuff, but there's something about us being together. And I was like, oh my gosh, so exciting, eh? Cool. Alrighty, hey, sermon time. Hey, so it's a bit of a vision kind of um, next four weeks. So for the next four weeks, we're going to unpack a bit of, uh, myself and some of the other preachers, unpack a bit of the vision of where the elders believe we're going as a church this year. But I need you to hear something really clearly. So I know some of you will zone out during the message, which is all good. Um, so I thought I'd say this right at the beginning. So a couple of key things. One, um, if you know the elders in our church, you know that they're awesome, right? They're real humble, amazing Jesus people. So the elders are not saying, we have descended from on high and the Lord has given us a vision for the church, you shall obey. We're not saying that at all, right? We're saying, hey, we're pretty sure this is what God's saying to us, but we are the church, all of us. And oh, kia ora, podcast people, you're part of us too. Hey, so one of the things I'm going to talk a bunch about this morning is we need you to pray about this, right? So we are the church. So we need you to pray. Are the elders on the right track? Do they need to tweak it? Have they missed something? What's happening? Are they on the right track? Flick them an email and say, yeah, you're right. Or talk to one of the elders and say, yeah, yeah, yeah. So when I talk about this vision thing, it's not like the elders are passing a royal decree. We're saying we're pretty confident, but we want to hear from us. We want us to pray. Does it make sense, eh? You with me? Cool. Um, I think the other thing is, I know some people are like, nah, Vision's like a business thing, man. It's what businesses do. We're a church. We just kind of follow God and stuff. And on one hand, I get that. But on the other hand, I feel when we're as big as we are, we need some direction, right? We need some clarity. Or we all just run all over the place doing random things, right? So um, I have a motorbike license. Amazing, right? So I still have my learners. I got my motorbike license back when I was, shot Craig, back when I was like, I don't know, 15 or 16 and got a learner's license. So I still have a blue license, which whenever I go to hire a car, they freak out because they're like, oh, you've got a learner's. It's like, no, no, that's my motorbike one. So, And got my first motorbike when I was like, I don't know, 17. It was a Yamaha SR250, the best motorbike ever made in the history of motorbikes, right? And because I was like 18 or 17 or whatever it was, heaps of Saturdays, I just jumped on that bad boy and just drove. And if you said, where are you going? I'd be like, I don't know, man, I'm not planning. I'm 18 and living loose and free. I've got a full tank of gas. I look amazing on my motorbike, which maybe I didn't, but I don't care. I'm just off, and I'd like go to Waihee and back for the day. Went to Auckland a bunch of times just to get McDonald's because you could. It was just random, driving all over the place, right? Um, but now that I'm old and hopefully a little bit wise, got a bit of white in my bed, I see the importance of making plans, right? <laughs> um, my wife would just go bonkers if I just randomly jumped in the car every Saturday and went, we're just driving, right? Um, I feel as a church it would be really irresponsible to not have kind of a plan. And like I said, the elders aren't saying, hey, 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 this is where we're going. The elders are saying, we're pretty sure, but we want us to be a part of it, us to pray. So again, I'm going to say this so many times this morning, I really need you to pray. 
right? We really need you to pray. We're on the right track. The last thing we want to do as an eldership is go running down some trail, and God's like, no, stop, and we do something dumb. So we need you to pray, right? Um, so talking about this whole looking outward thing, as Morgan kind of explained, but um, before we, we go there, I just want to do a bit of a recap, right? So looking backward before we look forward. So I want to just look back at some of the... the the vision, the focus that we've had for the last couple of years. So um, I'm sure most of you know the last two years, of con- and COVID kept messing it up, right? Evil COVID. We'd make all these amazing plans, and then COVID would like whoop the carpet out from under our feet, and it was just complete chaos. But the big, the big plan we had was this whole idea of spiritual health, right? Personal spiritual health. That's been the focus we've had the last couple of years. So it's kind of an internal one, right? Talking about us. How do we get closer to Jesus? And we focused on two main areas, Right? Um, so the first one was personal spiritual health. So personal spiritual health. And we talked about this in a whole bunch of different ways, but there were three kind of key areas that we talked about. So the first one was we talked about how to connect with God in different ways, right? That God wires us all very, very different. So the way that Elise connects with God is completely different maybe from the way that Robert connects with God, which is different from the way I connect with God. Ashley, do you know what I mean? Eh? So we talked a lot about you've got to figure out the way that God's designed you to connect with him, right? So I can't remember if I said this illustration or not, but I used to run a Bible college, right? And in the Bible college, there was often a lot of very conservative um, students, like crazy conservative, right? And a lot of them had grown up being told that the only way you're allowed to connect with God is through the Bible. Now, I'm going to talk about the importance of the Bible in a minute, but they'd been told you are not allowed to connect with God, you're not allowed to worship God unless you're in the Bible. That's it, right? And so part of my lectures was a whole bunch of lectures on spiritual formation and connecting with God and all that good stuff. And I used to do a couple of lectures just talking about these different ways that we connect with God. Like some of us, it's an old church. Like I went up to the cathedral um, on Victoria Street yesterday and just spent some time sitting in there and it's just like, oh, so just connects me with God, right? Or in nature or in community with people or we're just wired differently, right? So I do these lectures and look at verses showing how different people in the Bible connect with God and, and nature and all this kind of stuff. And so often I'd have students come up after those lectures either really angry, because no one had ever told them this before, or really upset because they'd missed out on connecting with God the way he'd designed them. And the one student that stood out to me so massively was a young girl, she was about 19, and she came up after one of the lectures and she was really emotional. And she was like, oh my gosh, so it's okay if I go to the beach and see a sunrise to worship God for the beauty of his creation? I was like course it is. <laughs> and she was like, wow, because my elders at my church said, no, that's not right. It's only with the Bible. That's the only way we connect with God. And she got real emotional because she was all excited to the next morning get up and go and see the sunrise coming up and just to be able to worship God. And she said she'd go to a beach and see the sunrise coming up, want to worship God and be like, no, 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 I'm not allowed to worship him for that. <laughs> and I was like, oh, this is just messed up, right? So one of the things I've talked a lot about in this personal spiritual health is we've got to connect with God the way he's designed us, right? It makes sense, yeah? Makes sense, yeah. Okay, so another one is, um, this next one's not rocket science, right? Connecting with God through the Bible. Um, And hopefully you've seen a lot of us, when we've been preaching, we've talked about the life group and so on, is this importance of, yeah, it's cool to know how I connect with God in nature, and old church, community, whatever. But one of the main ways that we hear from God, one of the main ways he communicates with us, guides us, directs us, is in the Bible, Right? And so if we're not using the Bible, then we're like, where is God? Why is he not directing me? I never hear from him. And it's like, well, have you opened that cool Bible thing? You know, it's not rocket science. Um, and I used a silly illustration when I was talking about this once. In one of the sermons that um, 
I joined a gym, which I know a lot of you have said lately to me, sorry, I'm just stealing my water, that I am getting pretty massive, so I'm going to tone down the gym working out. Um, and when I joined the gym, they gave me, remember I, I told you guys this, they gave me three apps on my phone, my swipe card and the world's fastest tour of the gym ever. Remember he just pointed to the cameras and he was like, there's the changing, there's the, and I was like, Nuh! and it was like literally like a minute, and I was like, Nuh! Um, and I talked about how having the three apps was awesome, but if I went home and lay on the couch playing with the apps, <laughs> nothing really happened, right? I had to get to the gym, which is why I'm now <laughs> huge, right? Um, why I'm just, no, I don't know. Um, thank you. Whoever said that, amen. Yeah, I know, amen. Um, and I, I was thinking about this a lot this week, so I want to say this real carefully. Um, I think it's more dangerous than ever now to have the Bible and not use it because we have so many resources on our devices that we can just forget. Does it make sense? Back in the day, you had your Bible. It was beside your bed. It was in your desk. It was whatever. It was there. Now you've got, you know, I don't know how many. I've got like 50, I think, apps on my phone. Then I've probably got four or five Jesus, you know, Bible ones. And if I want to hear from God, if I want to connect with, with God, I've got to open those apps and dig into the Word of God. I've got to open my Bible. I have Bibles in my office here, paper ones at home. I've got to use them, right? So that was another thing we talked about, connecting with God um, in the Bible. And then the, the last thing we talked a lot about, um, especially last year, was connecting with God through using our spiritual gifts, right? Connecting with God through using our spiritual gifts. And we did that whole series that took like half a year just carefully unpacking all of the spiritual gifts and how we use them and, and stuff. And one of the key things that um, as an eldership and as um, life group leaders and preachers that we talked about is the spiritual gifts, they aren't so much for us, they're for, I mean, they're not for us personally, they're for us corporately, right? That's the whole thing. So you learn what spiritual gift you have and it's like, woohoo, but now how do I use that to bless other people, right? That's the whole point in spiritual gifts. Now, COVID totally messed up the whole spiritual gifts thing, Right? So one of the biggest dangers I always think in a church is that you do a series on spiritual gifts. I had heaves of people emailing me, visiting me, texting me, saying, oh my gosh, I'm so excited, I've figured out my gifts, I can't wait to use it. Oh. And then we went into that massive lockdown, it was kind of like, oh. And you were kind of, unless you had like the gift of encouragement or something like that, you are kind of like, how do I use this? Um, we wanted to do those consultations, remember? So we talked about it at the end of it. We're going to set up all those meetings, which we were starting to set up, where you come and you meet up with an elder and their spouse and just talk about, this is my gift. How can I use this in the church or in the community? We had all these plans, and then we went into that massive long lockdown, and we didn't. So we had an elders meeting Tuesday morning last week, and that was one of the things that we were talking about, is, hey, we've got to get back to talking about how do we actually use our spiritual gifts, right? I think there's nothing worse than, than discovering your gift, being all excited about using it, and then... You don't, and it just kind of fades. Does it make sense? So think about it like this. So on my phone, uh, if I download an app and I never use it, my phone actually deletes the app, right? So it leaves the little image there, but the app is gone. If I click on it, I have to download it again. Why? Because I'm never using it. My phone is pretty smart because it's an Apple. <sighs> this is pause. No, I'm joking. Um, and it it's goes, hey, we're running out of space. You never open this app, so nick, it's gone, right? And then I go to use it my once in every six months, and I hit it, and I'm like, oh, man, I haven't been using it. I feel a lot it's like that with spiritual gifts, right? Um, not that the Holy Spirit deletes it, but the Holy Spirit kind of just ignores us with that gift if we never use it. So it's awesome to know what spiritual gift I have, but if I'm not using it, it's like the Holy Spirit's like, well, I can't 
use you through that. I can't bless you through that. I can't bless the church through that because you're never using that gift. And it's kind of like, it's like deleted. Does it make sense, eh? So one of the things we want, yes, Craig, it does. Shot, church, thank you. Joanna, where were you in that? Unbelievable. So that's one of the things we want to um, kind of relook at that. How do we really make sure we're really clear on what our gifts are and how do we actually use them in the church, right? Because it's how the Holy Spirit wants to bless you and bless us. Um, the other way uh, that we were looking at this whole spiritual um, health of individuals was through ministries, right? So a lot of personal spiritual health stuff and then a lot around um, ministry spiritual health. Um, and a lot of this was just starting ministries, right? So we started heap, a lot of people don't realize, but we started a ton of ministries over the last two years. And the reason for starting them was not so that I can go to like a pastor's conference and stand up in front of them all and be like, well, thank you, everyone. We have 264 ministries at our church. They're alphabet. It's not that at all, right? It was all to do with developing our... Some people didn't laugh. That was totally a joke. I don't imagine that. Oh, that'd be a shame. Um, it was all to do with developing our spiritual health, right? Like, why do we start a woman's ministries? So the women can sit around drinking tea with their finger like that and those weird little scones? No, right? So they can encourage one another and support one another. And why did we start a men's ministry that kind of goes and dies and goes and dies because it's run by men? What's up with that? I'm one of them. I'm one of the guys. We keep being jealous because the women just seem to plan and it happens and they're amazing and the guys were just like dropping the ball. It's shocking. Um, why, do we, why is the prayer ministry? The prayer ministry is just cranking. We've got this like theology group that we meet 6.30 on a Wednesday and discuss theology. There's so many ministries that are just going so well in the church now. And the whole reason was to help us develop that spiritual health, right? Develop that spiritual health. So there's a couple of, um, a couple of kind of looking back, that focus on spiritual health. And now I want to look forward. But first of all, an apology, because I'm sure some of you are like, seriously, bro, where's the Bible? I know. So I felt terrible writing this sermon, because I'm a big Bible nerd, and I would normally never preach for nine minutes and 51 seconds without opening the Bible. So I was freaking out, and I kept trying to put the Bible in there, but the sermon just got so long. So now there's a whole bunch of Bible coming. So if you were freaking out, the Bible's coming. So I apologize. All right. So as we were going, um, we focused inward. Now let's also focus outward, right? So we focused inward on our personal spiritual health. Now we want to also focus outward. So I want to say a couple of intro comments here. Um, first of all, that word also is real important to us as an eldership. So we're not for a second saying, yeah, we've done spiritual health. We're all like Jesus and perfect in every way. Now let's reach out. We're not saying that at all, right? Because we could work on our own spiritual health for the next millennia, right? So we want to keep doing that and, and keep working on ministries that develop our spiritual health and talking about how we connect with Jesus and all that. But now we want to not just be looking inward, we want to look outward. Does it make sense? You're with me, eh? So the also is important. The other thing we want to say, and I want to say this really carefully, when a church starts talking about reaching out, heaps of people just leave because they're like, oh man, if they're going to make me like go downtown and just walk up to random people and tell them about Jesus, I'm going to be sick for the next year, or I'm just going to go to the bathroom every time they talk about it because that terrifies me, right? So one of the things we're certainly not saying is, yeah, we're all going to turn into a personal evangelist. So Chris, who, not to be rude, but to be rude, is super weird, will be in the office upstairs working away, right? It's lunchtime. And Chris is like, hey, bro, I just need to go and tell some people about Jesus. And I'm like, all right, man. And he boosts downtown or boosts down to Frankton. He's just broke. To me, that would just terrify the pants off me. I'm like, oh, that's just not how I'm wired, right? Some of you, you hear that and you're like, oh, man, how do I connect with Chris? I want to be a part of that. 
And some of you are like, oh, bro, I'm with you, Craig. That is terrifying. Right? So we're not, when we say we want to reach out, we're not saying every one of us has to go crazy on that. Does that make sense? You're with me? Okay, cool. So let me explain a bit about what we are saying. Right? So here we go. Finally, verses. How good is the Bible? Oh, my gosh. Okay, John 13, 34 to 35. Um, you guys know this really well. So now I'm giving you a new commandment. Love each other. <laughs> Just as I have loved you, you should love each other. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you're my disciples. This is one of my favorite verses ever, right? And to me, this reflects a bit of, not perfectly, but a bit of what we're saying is an eldership. What we're thinking, remember, we're thinking this. So we need you to be praying and going, yeah, this is good, guys. You're on the right track. Or have you thought about this or changing? Or We need, need you to, to say that. One of the things I love about this, it kind of reflects what I'm trying to say, right? The, the first part is that love each other just as I've loved you. And that's a huge part of what it means to be developing our personal spiritual health, right? Caring for one another, encouraging one another, supporting one another individually, through ministries and all that. Makes sense, eh? Shot team. But then you see the second part, which is where it starts to reach out. Now, again, it's a little bit different than what we're saying, but it's that same idea. I love the ending, eh? Your love for one another will prove to the world that you're my disciples. It'll prove it because they'll just go, hang on, hang on. Society is falling apart. Disunity and judgment and anger and fear is just everywhere. But I look at you bunch of weirdos that are gore, and you're all like loving each other. And inc- what? Can I, what? <laughs> How do I get that? I need to be a part of that. Does it make sense? That's what he's saying, right? Our love for each other just proves it. We don't have to go and tell our neighbours. They're like, don't, I think I said this before, but I have this conversation quite often with some of my non-Christian friends. So often I'll try and when I'm meeting someone who I know is not a Christian, one of my my friends. I'll think and I'll pray, how am I going to share just a bit of Jesus? I don't like, you know, lecture them for four hours on salvation. They're going to burn in hell forever. I don't do that, right? But I'll, as I go to meet like my barber, classic example, how am I going to just share some Jesus with them? And one of the things I often talk about is how our church is super weird in providing meals for people, right? Um, and so I'll say, man, someone like is sick and we are all over them with meals. And we'll take them at least two weeks of meals, often up to a month of meals if they're sick. And um, if they pop out a human, like people in our church seem to be creating humans left, right, and center at the moment. It's crazy. Um, If they do that, then, man, we're all over them with meals for a week, two weeks, a month, whatever, right? And I've had this happen several times now where I've been telling friends this, and they'll often say to me, I don't believe in all that God stuff, but how do I get in there? I just want to be part of you guys for the food, man. This food sounds really cool. And I'm like, this is kind of what Jesus is saying here, right? Our, Our love, our care for one another just naturally has us reaching out <laughs> because people see and they're like, I want to be part of that. That's, that's cool, right? That's cool. All right, here's another verse that, um, that Morgan read. Um, 1 Timothy 2. Hey, if you've got your Bible, jump over there, right? It's good to read along. Where are we? 1 Timothy, where are we going? 1 Timothy 2. I love these, I'm just going to read these, these first four verses, and I think we often separate this out un, unwisely. So let me read this. Paul says, um, I urge you first of all, right? In other words, this is super important, to pray for all people, right? We've got to think about that. Ask God to help them. Ask God to intercede, right? To care for them. Give thanks to them. Pray this way for kings and all who are in authority, so that we can live peaceful and quiet lives, marked by godliness and dignity. That, 
I'm not going to go there, but verse 2 is pretty crucial for this time run, I think. Verse 3, this is good and pleases God our Saviour who wants everyone to be saved and to understand the truth. And I think one of the things that we often do is we separate these verses out and we kind of forget all the beginning and we just jump down to verse 4. Oh, God wants everyone to be saved. Awesome, God wants everyone to be saved. But what was the first thing that Paul said? He goes, the most important thing is, yeah, God wants everyone to be saved, but that you are praying for them, that you're interceding for them, that you're coming before God and, and pleading and calling out to, to your friends, to your, for your whanau, to people you work with, um, that God would reveal himself to them, that God will give you opportunities to share your faith. It's supernatural, that's not scary and awkward and all that. And I love the importance that Paul puts that on that, right? Prayer makes a difference. Prayer really works, right? So here's a couple of questions um, we'll think about for a minute. Why do many Christians spend little time praying? This is one thing that scares me. As a pastor, one of my, obviously I catch up with people, and because I'm a pastor, you often ask them, how are you doing with Jesus? And often I'll say, how's prayer going? And, and heaps of times it's like, <laughs> prayer? Uh, do you think it would make a significant difference if you prayed more for your unsafe friends and family? So it, prayer works, man. Prayer changes life. Um, people have prayed and God's changed the course of human history based on the prayers of one of his children. So if we're not calling out to God for our unsafe friends and family, then it's kind of weird, right? Kind of weird. Oh, here's another verse, um, Second Peter. So jump over there, eh, with your Bible. Um, Second Peter, where are we going? 3 verse 9. This is real similar to the, um, the, the Timothy one, but I just wanted to read it again. Um, so 1 Timothy 3.9, the Lord isn't really being slow about his promise, as some people think. No, he's being patient for your sake. He does not want anyone to be destroyed, but wants everyone to repent. Um, one of the things that I think it's really important to keep reminding ourselves is that God wants your friends, your family, your neighbors, your co-workers to come to a knowledge of him infinitely more than you do, Right? And I think sometimes we can feel like it's just me going hard. I'm trying to convince my whatever. And God's like, bro, <laughs> or sister, you have no idea how much I want them to come to a knowledge of the truth. And I think one of the things that happens when we pray for those people, um, we are reminded of that. I'm calling out to God for, I have a list of three people that I'm praying like crazy for that don't know Jesus. And it keeps reminding me as I pray for them, it's not just me trying to convince them or something crazy. It's me and the creator of the universe who loves them like crazy, who he's working as well, he's drawing them, and I'm just like this little tool, right? I love that everyone in there, right? That everyone. Um, here's the last verse, which Morgan read. Um, thanks, Morgan. So jump over to Romans um, chapter 10. This is like a classic one, right? But I love the way Paul breaks it down. He's very logical in his uh, writing, Paul, and you see it like really clearly here. Cool. Romans 10 verse 13. You see that everyone again, um, that everyone, you know, God wanting everyone to be saved has been in, in these verses like uh, every time. Verse 13, for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Verse 14, and this is where Paul gets real logical. But how can they call on him to save them unless they believe in him? And how can they believe in him if they've never heard about him? And how can they hear about him unless someone tells them? And how will anyone go and tell them without being sent? That's why the scriptures say how beautiful are the feet of messengers who bring good news, right? I love that. Um, so one of the things we're saying as an eldership, and again, we want your confirmation, your, your clarification, is we're really wanting to send us as a church this year. Does it make sense, eh, from what, what Paul's saying here? 
We're saying we want it, we're doing inward, we want to keep doing that, but now as a church, we want to be reaching out. And we're, we're, as an eldership, we're tossing around all sorts of ideas, and this is where we're going to really need you guys to, to talk to us and help us as well. Um, we want to do things like um, Chris runs an evangelism class. We want to do that, like keep promoting that. So there's people that are like, yeah, I, if my neighbor, if my barber, if my whatever actually asked me about Jesus, I'd be like, I have no idea how to talk. How do we equip you better to have those kind of discussions, right? We want to run some really cool events this year that are specifically for you to bring friends and family to that are not overtly Jesus and you're embarrassed and going, oh my gosh, shut up, shut up, shut up, but that you're like, man, this is so cool and friends and family come and there's you know, enough Jesus there that they know what we're doing, you know, this kind of thing. So there's a whole bunch that we're tossing around as, as elders at the moment. So we did a bunch of discussion um, end of last year on this and then we've set aside as elders, we're meeting a couple of times uh, over January to keep this discussion going. So we're like meeting this afternoon uh, for a couple of hours to just talk to God and pray and say, hey, God, how, how do we clarify this reaching out, right? When we say we're wanting to send us, <laughs> um, what does that actually look like? We need this to be real clear. Like I said, we don't want to just chuck us all on motorbikes and all just drive into Waihee and Auckland for McDonald's and say, what? As a church, you want to be unified, trucking in a direction, right? So that's kind of that's the plan, right? Okay, let me finish with a couple of things um, I'd really encourage you to, to think about praying about, and I've said this a whole bunch of times. The first one is pray for the leadership, right? Like I said, we're not the ones that have, you know, descended from on high with a royal vision from God. We're pretty confident. We think this is where God wants us to go, but we are the church. We need you to pray and affirm or clarify or change, right? So we need, we're calling you to do that, right? So we're calling you to do that. And then the other thing is to be thinking, how can I be involved this year, right? Um, how can I be involved this year? Is there a ministry uh, that you know God is calling you to be involved in that's going to help reach out, right? So I kind of oversee the ministries, and one of the things I'm doing now, and I've been emailing and texting people to set up meetings, and as I meet up with each of the ministries, one of the questions is not just, what's your vision this year? What are you going to do? But how are you as a ministry going to reach out? Um, again, not all go downtown and hand out flyers or something crazy, because that's terrifying for some, not Chris, because he's crazy. But how do you as the marriage ministry, what does it look like for you guys to reach out? As a woman's ministry, how, what does it look like for you guys not just to do awesome personal spiritual health, but to reach out? As a, do you know what I mean? All these different groups, what does that kind of look like? So that's the other thing. So one, be praying of the elders hearing clearly from God. Um, and then the second thing is, how do you be involved? Um, is God putting on your heart that you need to stop being a wimp and join Chris and go and share your faith? Or is it like, nah? It's not how God's wired me. Okay, cool. Well, he wants you to reach out, so is there a ministry you can be involved in? Um, I'm going to preach on this in a couple of weeks, but one of the things we're going to talk about too is, and I know it sounds cheesy, but to me it's really good, is to make a list of two, three, four people that you want to pray your brains out for this year, right? Two, three, four people that don't know Jesus, but you know that you and God are going to work together, and you're going to pray for them every day, you know, and see them come to a knowledge of the truth like, like Grant was talking about. Man, we should be excited about our salvation and wanting to share it and see people saved from darkness to light. Man. Okay, hey, let me pray. Nick, you want to jump on up, bro? Let me pray. Yeah. Are you awesome, God? We can't disagree with this, right? <laughs> um, I've read that many verses about you wanting everyone to be saved. We know that's um, pretty high on your agenda, right? Um, but we want to be real wise in how we do this. Eh? We know we're all wired real differently. Um, so I do, well, I know you'll speak to us, I guess, as we pray, because we will pray. 
as we call out to you for clarity now um, on what does this look like, what are some cool events we could run that would just be awesome for our community? Um, what are some cool things different ministries could be doing that would really just speak the love of Jesus to people and care for people and welcome them? Um, we need your wisdom as a church, so we know you're speaking. So give us really good ears to hear, God. Help us to be intentional about um, stopping and listening to you and asking you to really clarify this. Say, hey, yeah. I just pray we do the, the internal well too. Help us not to get so focused on outreachy things that we forget how to love one another, like, like that verse in John said right at the beginning. Hey? We want to love each other so much. That people outside are literally like, yeah, I don't believe in your whole God thing, but I need to get in on that. Because the way you guys care for one another, the way you guys encourage one another, the way you guys support one another, what? I mean, can you talk to me about that? <laughs> That's what we want to see, God. Yeah, we always need your wisdom and your guidance. Speak loudly to us. Hey? We are listening, God. Yeah, I pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen.